Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Not much. It's sunny outside. It is getting towards spring. Yeah, so not much. Busy. Busy, but uh, but yeah. The fact that the it's, weather's uh, changing is a nice is a nice pick-me-up from the rest of the terrible COVID news that New Zealand is dealing with. I got my second vaccine. So I'm all tough. vaxxed up. Uh, I did have a headache on the day after the vaccine, but otherwise I'm good. Yeah. yeah, that's similar to what I had. You know, it's October 15th, the time of this recording, and it is 74 degrees and it is nighttime. So, yeah, that's what I'm working with. What are your opinions on daylight savings? Uh, I like when there's more sun longer or more daylight longer. Hmm. I don't like the opposite when it gets dark at like 4.30. So I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't, <laughs> mind, that because, I don't mind that because the, um, the sun, it burns me. You know, no, so longer daylight hours, because then when you leave work at seven o'clock, you still feel like a human being mm-hmm. versus in the wintertime, you wake up and you leave work and it's dark and it's the most depressing feeling in the world to you, to me. Yeah. I'm only yeah. talking about me. OK. You yeah, like I don't mind being it. A, being a troll the night, but I don't. <laughs> I like sun. Don't call me a troll. That's not <laughs> that's not very nice. I don't like that. I don't like but I do, I like the, uh, yeah, I, I prefer, I prefer the nighttime, you know, I just do. Um, I would, I wouldn't mind the sun. Actually, I, that's not a lie. I, I, that's not true. I don't necessarily mind the sun. I like the sun in the fall. Give me sun in the fall. Sun in the summer, too much. Sun in the fall or spring. That's okay. It's like sub 70 degrees. I'll take the sun. Just don't burn me. All right. That's all I ask. <laughs> I mean, you could just wear sunscreen, right? And be done. <laughs> don't want it don't give me a chore stop giving me a chore nature well look it's like not my either, fault here's, here's what i say i got i got a message from nature all right and your global warming okay like get it done quick or don't get it done at all okay i don't want this slow burn all right because you're just going to give me a bunch more chores to do your reaction yeah, and, and and white people are ruling the earth. <laughs> you can't go outside. <laughs> I thought I thought the intimidation factor might might help. Like yeah, Mother yeah, Nature, right. here's you know. what I'm saying. I'm like, look, Mother Nature, listen up. You got two options. All right, <laughs> Miami and New York are the two places that are going to flood first. <laughs> Global warming hits. <laughs> yeah, but I'm on the ridge of I'm in, so it's like I'm not I'm not actually going to be in a scenario where like Manhattan's going to get it first. I'll I'll just be on this weird island in Brooklyn for a little while, what's, and then it'll catch up. What's the largest part of ele- ten meter elevation in in New York in all the five boroughs? <laughs> the what's highest the, elevated point is ten meters. Oh, is that true? <laughs> Thirty three feet <laughs> above that sea level. Can't be. Is that true? Yes. Highest elevation in New York City. It's ten meters. Like, 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 not the buildings themselves, but like, like, land wise. Right? I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So this, it comes up. You type in New York City elevation. It the first thing that comes up in Google is ten meters. Okay. But the, yeah, so that's just no, says New York elevation. Isn't that average? That's not the highest. ten meters. Is not very high. Thirty three feet is not very high elevation wise. Yeah, I know. I thought that seems like average. So. I'm just trying to. No, find I think here. that's the highest. So if you go to Wikipedia in New York City, it's in there. You get the land area, right? So there's, it's 472 square miles. 
I think Greenpoint. All the Greenpoint, boroughs, right? Greenpoint is the highest, I thought. So if that's the case, then Greenpoint is 33 feet above sea. Or no, uh, what's that like? Greenpoint, Greenpoint elevation map. Let's see here. It's got to be. Well, just give me like a, an, an elevation elevation so map. Of it's New 10 York. meters. So, you know, a, a two meter wave. Mm-hmm. You're done. <laughs> it's, it's like that that floods a good percentage of the city. Right. Anything larger, you get a 10 meter wave, you're, you're, it's over. The whole thing's underwater. All of it. All the land is underwater. Sure. You'll be living in the buildings. Oh. Well, then, let's hope it doesn't get to that. Yeah. Or if it does, it just happens quick. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> It's two options. All right? Yeah, It's pretty sure. straightforward. Look, we're doing this earlier than we normally do. I'm happy you're able to make the time. We can make this happen. I got another... Uh, I'm, I'm back to the to the rave lifestyle. So I got I to gotta do that later. Wow. Sometime. So you're going back out. Did you did you buy going, some rave clothes? Are you going no, shirtless to- with, 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 uh, with bicep bands? I think I might just like cut a couple holes and then, you know, just show like a half nip. Like, but like just, a flat. He's got to get some bicep bands, like the like the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, is that how it works? But like <laughs> do, neon. Do you know who the Ultimate Warrior is? Band? No, you don't know who the Ultimate Warrior is. That's a shame. Isn't that a okay? Let's it's a wrestler. See here. It's a wrestler. Oh so yeah, yeah. Band. This is exactly what I pictured. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But is so that just really like this? Like bicep bands, a little mask, get a little wig with some hair going, and you're just ripped. You're ripped to the gills. And you're just partying. This is it. This is your rave costume. <laughs> Here's the problem with that. You need biceps to have bicep bands. So it's just an armband at that point. And I don't, you know, my people and our bands haven't really seen eye to eye in history. <laughs> well, those are the, so, those are the thick armbands, not yeah, the skinny Yeah, so I don't, I don't think so. I don't know about that. So and These are colorful too, right? You got the, you got the neon, got the neon uh, undergarments? If I was in a situation where I did have any sort of upper body muscles, I, I probably, I can see myself going to a rave shirtless or at least becoming shirtless at a rave. You know, if I was, if I had that confidence in my, in my image, so ridiculous. I'm going, we need to do the podcast early today because I need to prepare for a rave. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. I don't have to prepare for a rave. It's just like I have the rave later tonight. You have something before that, and this was the only window not a of the time that chilled. Let me be clear: I am not preparing in any way to go mm. to a rave. I'm just mm. going to go to a rave. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. I don't even know how one does prepare. Like, what am I going to do? You can you can put on put on a little makeup. Oh, they, hang on, oiled up. I should let me let me retract that statement because last time there was a lot of people who prepared. To yeah, go that's to what I rave. mean. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. When look, when you're right, you're right. Um, you know, some people have to uh, gather the narcotics, allegedly. Um, they also do a really good job of of searching you and make sure, like, they took my eye drops. Okay, they took my eye drops yeah. when I went in there. So I don't know how people get anything in there, uh, but prison pocket. Yeah, yeah. So you, you just you just show up. You show up with minimal th- gross. You just show up with minimal things on your person. And you just get ready to feel the music, man. That's it. Yeah. Drink just, early and you often. Just, you it's just like, come. Pre- you come prepared. Yeah. If it's in you, the best the best place to store it is in your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. My my strategy for the rave was very similar to my strategy at weddings, which is drink early and often. Mm, yeah. No, that Although does not sound the COVID petri dish. 
does not sound uh, exciting. So good luck. But yeah, um. you got to be vaccinated to get in. You got to be vaccinated to get in. Yeah. What do they check? You have like a little card that you show. Yeah. You have to show your card or your Excelsior pass. You got to show uh, your ID. Yep. Got to do all that. And they like compare it with your face looking at you like, is this him? Is this you? I don't, I don't think so. Because like, what if you had someone else's vaccine pass? Do they, they line it up to your ID, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, they'd match it to your ID. Yeah, yeah, because they have to have both. And actually, so I have this app that has a picture of my ID and the picture of the vaccination card. And usually, like, if I go to a restaurant, I just show them both on the app. And when I went to the last one, you had to actually show the ID itself. So those poor so. kids with fake IDs trying to get into the rave are going to get hit twice. <laughs> you basically yep. got to have double ID. So, I mean, can you get fake vaccine passports? Not not because you want oh, there's to like not a take black the vaccine, market, yeah. but because it's got to match your fake ID. <laughs> oh, you know, that's a good right? point. Yeah, yeah like the poor kids true. are like, oh, yeah. no, I had this whole fake ID thing down, and now I've got to get a fake vaccine passport, even though I'm vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. So you can't use your actual vaccine card. You've got to use your fake ID vaccine card. Oh, man, those poor kids. It's tough. Really? Because then they're like, "Well, your ID's real, but your but your your proof of vaccination is fake. Sorry, you can't get in." <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually think about that, but that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, if yeah. anything, maybe the rave is really all—it's all adults in there. Makes it harder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens tonight. Um, it's apparently this one. I was told the last one was. What was the last one was trap. This one yep. is trance. So it's apparently oh, a lot trance more. is a little different. Less bass in trance. Yeah, it's and a trance lot more, is more uh, sort chill. of continuous. Trap trap is more what you would probably expect the kids when the bass drops, right? And trance is a bit more of a more of that. So uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, so. yeah, again, I I know my I know my house music. I'm just I'm not out there with you. Um, <laughs> never been to a rave and don't plan on it. I mean, I guess if you consider Burning Man one giant rave, <laughs> so then, then yeah, but, yeah, and there's probably yeah, like more just, concentrated raves at yeah, Burning Man. You just Man, know right? what it sounds like. Electronic music. There's just different types, and it's more of the tempo of it. So yeah, the trance is just more of your your consistent. I mean, put you in a trance, right? That's the point. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Well, look at you. Look at you getting out there. Yep. (laughs) You know, gotta gotta do something. I'm just I'm definitely like it's funny because I go, I'm I'm going again with my boss who's like in his 50s. And then there's and like I'm just thinking, man, this thing starts at 1130. It's like that's late. That's early for a rave. I figured it would have started at like No, like it starts at eleven thirty, but like the headliner doesn't go on until after one o'clock. So you don't show up until two and then I'm not home until three. So why don't you show up late then? Why are you going on time, old man? No, no, no. The the actual starting time, the doors open at ten. Yeah, so you should show up at like twelve thirty. Yeah. Well, regardless, it's the same point. It's just like by that point. Usually you've already made the decision of what's going to happen that night. And usually by then that decision is I'm sleeping. Yeah, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Or go early. And then as soon as the headlighter comes, you go, all right, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. What? That, that's probably the end. Yeah. That's when you just, you're, that's it. You go home, go to sleep. Mm-hmm. It's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's trouble. It's yeah, tough. Cool. Anyway. All right. So, well, in order to get you ready for the rave, let's we should uh we should mosey along then. We should get to it. Nothing to get ready for. You just gotta show up. 
Just need to wear it in, in, in your normal with your tin tin haircut, your t shirt and some and some shorts or some jeans. Yeah, I'm jeans. I feel like you got to do jeans, right? You don't want. To I mean, touching. I mean, you can also do you fishnet, to... but I mean, like you can do whatever you want. It's a raid. They're in the wash. Of course they are, because that's just that's normal. That's normal Friday, not rave Friday. It's actually Thursdays, and like you know, two days in a row is gross. Just jeans and a fishnet fishnet shirt. Uh oh. Um yeah, it's usually fishnet pants and just no. A you t-shirt. can do fishnet yeah, yeah. shirt. Get your fishnet. Yeah, t-shirt. I know. Oh, believe me. Let me tell you something. I saw some <laughs> crazy shit. I saw a lot of lot of boobs. A lot of boobs were seen at the rave last time. Look, man, it's a it's a it's a free space, right? You just you're there to feel the music. We're not there to yep. judge. Nope. We're not there to Absolutely look. Not. Con- con- consent is is necessary for everything. Mm-hmm. So you you look and you feel the music and then you go home. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. It's exciting stuff. It's very exciting. <laughs> so yeah. I'll I'll follow up on that one. I'll let you know how it goes uh next week. Sure. I am intrigued. <laughs> Are you? Nah. <laughs> not really. A little bit? No. Nothing. Not really. Wow. Not, really. not at all. Good. That's fine. I'm old, man. I'm old. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's like the same uh the same deal that I have, where it's just like part of me was thinking today, just ugh. I could always just not go. I could bail. Yeah, yeah, really that's easy. What I would do. You know, you know that's the best thing about bailing is it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. It's so easy to just not do a thing versus doing a thing. Yeah, look, but look at you getting out there. That's all I'm trying to say to Mother Nature. It's like you could just stop and not do the thing. You know, it goes back to that. Well, or we could stop and not not kill Mother Nature, right? This is like asking, are you victim blaming the planet? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Victim blaming. You are victim blaming the palate. You shouldn't have dressed like this. This wouldn't have happened to you if you were wearing a suitable outfit, Mother Mother Nature. That's what you're saying to Mother Nature. It's it's Mother Nature's <laughs> fault that she's dying versus our fault. So you are blaming that. Well, just get on with it then. If you're going to die, then just stop being such a drama queen about it and just die already. It's not our fault. That's what you're doing. You just victim blame Mother Nature. I am shocked and appalled. The patriarchy wow. lives on. This is how I got canceled. Yeah, that's how you get canceled. That's how I got canceled. Well, well, sorry to all uh, to everybody that I am canceled now, but I'm sure we'll get back to that kind of topic later. Yes, we will. Speaking of topics, let's uh, let's jump in. You want to talk about this st- some stuff here? Yeah. Uh, so you got a couple things to talk about. I got a couple. I got one thing I want to talk. So is about. it all just media therapy? Right? There's no news. There's no politics. We're going straight to just media talk today. Yeah, right? because we got a limited amount of time here. Yeah, because you got to get ready for the rave. A few things so. to talk to. Again, don't have to get ready for the rave. <laughs> just want to make sure you have plenty enough time to put on the eyeliner. Yeah. A, a, a little um, smoky eye in there. That's That doesn't take very long. I mean, does it? I mean, you're not, I don't, maybe you're, if this is a normal thing, you're right. Maybe this is a five-minute process. I would figured yeah. you want a little trance in your in your house, you know, get a little trance music going so you can just start feeling the vibe as you're putting on your eyeliner, you're doing some push-ups, get that pump going. Wow. Slide into the fishnet and then get on the train. I told you. I told you. <laughs> Do you sit and down get on the train? Just, do you sit? Do you sit down on a train when you're wearing fishnets? With your, with I your wouldn't. Fishnet back, just all up against that, all I, against that train seat. I wouldn't. That's you know. That's all I'm saying. I would not. Like given stand, the choice, stand clear of the closing doors, and you're just in there, just feeling it. 
Where is this? Where, where in New York is this at? Is this a secret location that you can't reveal no, to everyone? Do, no, I could tell you. Where do you think it is? Meatpacking district. No, hell huh. no. Why the hell would it be there? Because that's where all the cool parties were when I was there. Oh no 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 no! That's not that's not this. That's like ritzy, bougie, cool. We're talking about. Well, look, a rave I, I don't, here, I don't know who you're rolling with. Raves are rich. I mean, how many poor people are at raves? That's raves are ritzy, bougie, cool. People can't afford actual shirts, so they got to wear fishnets. <laughs> that was stupid. Yeah, so where is this? I don't know where this is. Is it somewhere in Brooklyn? Is it in Manhattan? Where yeah, is it? Yeah, Williamsburg. It's like, of course it's in Williamsburg. Uh, like they, no, they're see, always I in Brooklyn. The hipsters aren't big ravers. The hipsters are no, like listening to... It, they're, they're listening to like music from the 70s. They're like, oh, there's a little hippie in every hipster. So I'm surprised by that, that Williamsburg... And this, I would have figured this was going to be lower Manhattan somewhere. This is old school New Yorkers. Like the 50-year-old guy that's, that's a lifetime lower Manhattanite. And it's just, you know, everything he does, he, he eats in Little Italy, he gets his Chinese food from Chinatown, and he parties in Meatpacking District in, in Hudson Square in Tribeca. That's where he goes to film festivals and comedy shows. He's just living the life. That's what I would have figured this was. No, because they, they these are in um, these are in warehouses. Like, they always do this in warehouses. Or like There's plenty of warehouses, warehouses in the Meatpacking District. Not anymore. Uh, Not anymore. Times are, times are changing. Look at me. Old, old New York knowledge. Yeah. They're now yeah, fancy lofts and apartments. Yeah, man. Meatpacking is like high value, very bougie, very white. You know, that that's what you're getting over there. Yeah. So Williamsburg is just very very broke, very mm-hmm. white. <laughs> no, not well. No, cuz it, it's disingenuous, but they still have the warehouse space. But Williamsburg is now also very bougie, very white. Yeah. Very gentrified. I mean, I'm yeah. looking at I'm looking at Williamsburg now, and there's a place called Tabaré, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is delicious. But like, this is a this is a it's a melting pot of restaurants. You got Peter Luger, you got Pies and Thighs, you've got all it's these fancy good, you know these fancy chicken. fusion restaurants, right? Like Peruvian food fusion, and I'm sure it's delicious. Don't get me wrong, I'm down to eat some bougie food. Mm-hmm. But if you're partying over here, oh yeah, yeah, this is this is you got your pinky out. You try yeah, to pretend a, like you're is, not uh, the right. You're a hipster, right? So you're like, I'm not really, you know, I'm broke and I'm just living the dream. But you know, my parents own mansion somewhere in upstate. Like that's that's totally who you're partying with. <laughs> yeah. So this place is at uh, Shemansky. I just sent you the link. Shemansky. <laughs> wow. What Shemansky. a New York name. <laughs> Shemansky. <laughs> that's probably how you'd say it. Probably wow. Say it like what that. a, that's the most New York name I think I've heard in a very long time. And it's small. Like this place is small, and my boss is like, "Oh, this guy's really great. I'm surprised it's in such a small space." And it's like, "Okay." Oh well, yeah, look at this. This is small. Wow. It's not even, and it's not sold out. Like it's wow, not even so half many, sold out. So it's just so might many be white like, people. It might just be the five of oh, us. Oh, there's one black rate. guy in this picture over here, and there's an Asian guy. There's a couple. There's one, one of the, black one guy, of the one DJs, Asian guy. Yeah. One of the DJs at the last one was black. Yeah. No. Again, like some of the again Detroit. Detroit founded techno. There's a lot of black people that are into electronic music. Don't get it. Don't get it fooled. Another oh yeah, thing there's that, we, that song. What's a, that song? Put thing, your hands up for Detroit. Yeah, Put another thing up. that we created that Put white people decided up. to steal. You guys uh, appropriated from blues, blues to electronic mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Y'all, have, y'all have taken over all of it, right? Like the Rolling Stones is just a blues cover band. Didn't didn't Paul McCartney say that the other day? <laughs> what did he say? He said the Rolling Stones were just a blues cover band. <laughs> I think that's what he said. 
Uh, let me see if I can find it. I saw that in an article. And I was like, wow, that's mean. Uh, there you go. Yeah, Paul McCartney says the Rolling Stones are a blues cover band. You know what? We're going to dive into this. Why not? In the I latest f- installment of a friendly rivalry between the two of the world's biggest music groups, Beatle legend Paul McCartney has dubbed the Rolling Stones a blues cover band. McCartney, a CNN's auto video every time, makes me want to just blow up this website. McCartney, who is currently performing a new, who is currently promoting a new book, made the comment in an interview with the New Yorker's Davey, David Remnick. I'm not sure I should say it, but they're a clues brother, a clues cover band, a blues cover band. Wow, tongue twister. That's sort of what the Stones are," said McCartney, adding, "I think our net was cast a bit wider than theirs. So it's a bunch of white people who stole music from black people, trying to pretend that they didn't steal music from black people. So there you go." <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Very, uh, Their stuff is really like, blues. When they're like writing stuff, he... it has to do with blues. Yeah. Again, he's just saying but, that they just basically stole blues influence. So, yeah. But I like I like how he puts that on them. Yeah. In the uh, and and like what what are they going to get hit with next? Like it'd be better if he described himself as that. Like that would have been better. Like yeah. But I mean, who's better, Rolling Stones or or the Beatles? Beatles, right? I mean, just from really, I don't, I don't know alone. if I from I history think... alone. I mean, history—they had a bigger mania, right? I think. But Influence if I was to put the—I well. mean, if I was to put the two up there together, I mean, the Rolling Stones have been like—they're still together, aren't they? They're all alive. Well, that's yeah. You know what I realized? Here's a stupid thought I had while I was in the Japanese grocery store today. Uh, Ringo Star. Ringo is the word for apple in Japanese, so his name could be seen as Apple Star. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So top the top. 20 biggest selling groups of all time. I'll get top four. Can you name the top four of combined sales for groups, right? So not single artists. Because single artists, right, you've got Elton John, you've got Michael Jackson, you've got individual people. But for groups, can you name the top four highest selling top. groups of all time? Yep. As of when? As of now? As like, of now. As of right now. Okay. Combined sales. Um, uh, probably. Well, the Beatles, I guess, would be on there, right? The Beatles are number one with twenty-two okay. million. The next person has ha- the next group has half of that. I don't think the Rolling Stones are even in the top four. They are in the right? top four. They are. Oh, okay. They are All at right. the bottom of the top four. So they're 10. number four. One million combined sales total. So I think that's units, not 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 money, right? I think it's just yeah. Because I actually think I I would assume two and three are like surprisingly modern. Am I correct? Like the uh, last two not decades. Really. No, 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 they're not modern for groups, right? Because it's groups. ABBA. Individual artist. ABBA, ABBA is, is ABBA on the... there. ABBA's number Whoa. three. Hey, did that surprise you that I guessed ABBA? Uh, not really. I mean, ABBA's a pretty, like, it's again, it's groups. Like, if individual artists, it's Rihanna, it's Lady Gaga. Like, you can name individual artists. Yeah, that's why, that's modern what I was artists, Beyonce. That's why I was like, right? Bieber sold a shit. Yes, time. absolutely. Like, individual artists, that's a harder and probably more modern because I think Rihanna might be number one. Yeah. Um, and then okay. Michael Jackson, Lady Gaga, like you can name them, right? That's true. Michael Jackson's probably blowing everybody out of the water. Um, yeah. Okay, so you other name groups. number two, number two, the second most selling group of all time. I'm gonna feel really stupid when I when I hear you are gonna I? feel really stupid. I think you'll figure it out though. Damn, I was surprised I by this, to be honest. I, I wasn't surprised that they weren't top. F- I I didn't expect them to be number two. I expected them to be like in top five. I wasn't expecting number two. Man, I'm like, I'm just drawing a blank right now. And I'm thinking a bunch of jokey answers like Manfred Mann. It's not him. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I do wonder whether or not this is this is recent uptick. If recently this has been pushed over 
is my mm-hmm. that that's what I think. I think recently this number has changed. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, again, thinking of jokey stuff, Spice Girls. Okay, so Spice Girls are number seven. Okay, all right. right. I'm sorry, I think, I'll, I'll I, they, were, the, they were a sensation, so they had yeah. to be. I'll name up you there. some of the other ones in groups, right? So Oasis is number five. Coldplay. Uh, Coldplay is not on here, not on the top twenty. You oh, two is number nine. Oh yeah, okay, that would have been a good one to guess. Uh, right. Let's see, uh, Status Quo. I've never even heard of Status Quo. I know who that is. Boyzone is number eleven. Blondie is number like twelve. That. I don't. I don't know what Boyzone is, but I don't like it. Black Eyed Peas is number 13 UB40 is number 17 The Police are number 19 Wham mm. is number 20 uh, Can you can you? I mean you, you've got to know this Like this is The fact that you can't It's just funny because as soon as I say it You're going to be like oh man how did I not get that It's got to be Hanson Hanson because is of their on hit this list. Mbop <laughs> uh, Boys to Men No Boys to Men's not on this list In a moment I don't they know why I like thinking like these flash in a pan moments. Like it's got to be people who are. I don't know why I'm like blanking on this. All right, just you hit, totally hit are blanking on this. You're blanking. Yeah, there's someone right now screaming s- at you. Yeah, probably. Go ahead, just say it. Hit me. Queen. Oh fuck! Of course. <laughs> Damn. Of course, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, but it, like, you don't think of like I just you're like yeah, of course, but. I, it's not a name that will come up to my mind of like, oh yeah, top selling groups of all time. Like, of course it's Queen, but you don't think about it when you're when you're trying to put it together. But as soon as someone says it, you're like, yeah, of course it is. So yeah, yeah. So if you want artists, right, I'll just read them to you. The Beatles are number one. Elvis Presley's number two. Michael Jackson is number three. Elton John is number four. Madonna's number five. Uh, Rihanna's number six, Pink Floyd is number seven, Eminem is number eight, Taylor Swift is number nine, Mariah Carey is number 10, Queen's number 11. Um, so yeah, so that's when you start getting to the groups, and then you got like yeah. the Eagles, you've got um, Led Zeppelin, all these other groups. So, I think Hanson got robbed, yeah. Hanson's not on here, but Drake, making... Drake is climbing up the charts, Garth Brooks, Kanye West, Justin Bieber. I'm sure Adele is going to make guy? her way. What, what Adele's about, got a um, new album coming. She's going to climb up this thing. So, yeah. Mr. Worldwide. What about him? <laughs> Pitbull? Yeah, Pitbull. Mr. <laughs> Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide? I'm surprised yeah. he's not on this list. He's on this list in some Latin in some Latin category. He has to be. Right? The fact that Flo sure. is on this list means, oh, Mr. Worldwide has to be on here somewhere. Yeah, Pitbull's got to be in something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude's everywhere. Ar- Armando, that's <laughs> his first name. It's his real name. <sighs> yeah, Pitbull works fine. I think that's okay. But I'd embrace Armando. Like, is there any? Is there a singular artist named Armando? I would just own that after a certain point. No, I don't. Not that I know of. No, no. I think that's one of those things where you pick a name and you're like, man, if I could change my name, like Little Nas X, right? He's gonna regret not picking a cooler name. <laughs> he'll he'll drop the Lil soon enough. But man, that guy's still crushing it, isn't it? Oh, he's killing it. But that's the thing, right? He's killing it. And now he's become a an LGBT icon, right? And his name is Lil Nas X. Like, I think if you could ask him again to pick a different name, if he would have known that his name would have, if he would have become what he is now, if you asked him, I bet you he'd pick something way cooler. Yeah, I'm sure he's crying into his piles of money. He's in <laughs> he's in Uber Eats commercials with Elton John. Of course he is. <laughs> so why would Speak, he be? <laughs> it's really strange. Um, it's by the way, like I've mentioned that song, Put Your Hands Up, 
for Detroit. Do you know that song by Fede Legrand? Yes, I do. I do. That yes. video is fantastic. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. And the only reason I know that song and that video, speaking of LGBT, is because uh, it was in the rotation at the gay bar that I went to in Buffalo with my lesbian friends. There you go. Yep. No, then, no uh, raves in Buffalo. Those raves had to be real interesting in Buffalo. No raves in Buffalo. And they definitely had the warehouse space, but yes, they also I mean, had warehouse that. space and but, it's cold too. Yeah. I um, you know, I'll make a note to self when I, when I go back, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll check it out now that I'm in, of course, now that, now that I'm living that rave lifestyle, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is, uh, this is what you have to do. This is how things change and evolve. All right. You got 30 minutes before you got to go, right? I do. Yes. All right. So are we going to have time to do all this? Sure. Stuff? We'll get into it. Like I said, if it goes a little longer, but it shouldn't take us longer than 30 minutes. Don't have much. All right. Let's do it. Right. Okay. Do you want me to start then? So I've got two things from, from Hollywood. Yeah. Right? Your show. You want to pick My stuff one, right? is less interesting. Yeah. Start with the Chappelle thing because I'm curious okay. about this. All right. So I watched Chappelle's special, right? Yeah. The closer. And... I had heard more news because I hinted at this last week about people saying Dave Chappelle keeps doubling down on his views on the specifically the the trans community, right? And it's very interesting because Dave Chappelle is he is the greatest comedian of of my time. Like I think of our time, I can't name a a, a more world popular comedian, a more a more known comedian and mostly because of not just because of his comedy, but because of also sort of the stances and things that he's taken publicly, which is walking away from, I would argue the most popular television show of its time, the most popular comedy sketch show of its time, right? The Chappelle show was, I mean, he had $50 million that he walked away from. And he's basically, again, he's, he's uncancelable. He hints at this of like, you can't really cancel me. And a lot of this, specifically, the all the specials on Netflix, he keeps making a point about his the way that he doesn't like the way that some of the movements that have been happening, whether it's the Me Too movement, whether it's a lot of the L- LGBTQ movements, and a lot of it has specifically has to do with how they have been able to organize and get things done in the way that the black community has been trying for 400 years. Right. It's like that's the theme of his comedy, which is I'm extremely frustrated <laughs> because I'm sitting here getting all this backlash because we are making all of these exceptions for people in these communities when you won't even make an exception for people who look like me. Right. And so there's plenty of themes where he goes, it's real interesting how you're trans until it's time to be white. It's like there's one thing that you you can always lean back on the fact that you can be white. You can call yourself whatever you want to. You can decide that you're a woman. You can decide that you're a man. Again, whatever. These are his words. These aren't my words. But this is this is the point he's trying to get across in his comedy by saying you're missing. And again, obviously, if you're interested in what he's actually saying, you should watch it because I'm not going to be able to repeat what he said in a way that's not better from his mouth. And a lot of this is, you know, like the the marginalizing of of the black community and the black struggle is white people are finding every way possible to not help us first, to not solve this problem that they've that they've created, that white people as a whole have created, and yet you're coming after me because I'm making a point of saying, well, wait a minute, we're going to make all these exceptions for all of these other groups, 
and you know women are having movements and wearing pink hats and doing all these things and the minute i try to start a movement or anyone that looks like me tries to start a movement we end up dead in the street and so that's the general theme of this and he keeps doubling down on this take and so it's very interesting because i i think comedy is one of those spaces and there's multiple times in this special where you're just like Oh man, you can't say that. I've said that out loud multiple times. You you can't say that, but he can. And it's amazing to watch him say all of these things that are a mixture of cringy. And he, and, he, and again, he's in the middle of doing this, and he's like, "Oh, I told you guys I was going all in. Like I told you, like some of you aren't going to like what I'm going to say." And there's something really pretty amazing about the art form of what he's doing. Because I would say what Dave Chappelle's doing at this point isn't comedy. There's comedy in it. I was going to say that. Is it actually, do these often lead to punchlines or no? They do. But if are they funny? Depends on who you ask. They weren't all funny to me. There's some of these that I'm, I'm more of just like, oh, I can't believe he said that. Like, I can't believe that he, that that's, that's how he ended that punchline. So look, I, I think it's worth watching more because I think it makes you think. I don't necessarily agree with Dave Chappelle, but I respect out of the platform that he's built that he's able to say whatever he wants, whatever he he can say whatever he wants, period, because he's earned it. He's 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 the greatest speaker. He's the greatest public speaker of our time. The only person that you could say is probably better is probably Obama. As far as public speakers, being being able to get in front of a crowd and command their attention. He's he's one of the he's probably the greatest. I mean, you're you're of the lines of like Martin Luther King and on the on the evil side, like the lines of Hitler. Like he's able, I'm talking about just being able to command an audience and being able to say things that have people hanging on your every word and your every ideal. So all of this backlash that's come from this special. So for those of you who don't know, there's been quite a bit from the trans community trying to basically say, you need to take this special off of Netflix. This is promoting violence against trans people. These are all, you know, this is, this is what we're talking about. And Netflix has actually stood by Dave Chappelle by saying, you know, there's something about this art. Dave says multiple times in this that he's not promoting that, you know, at the end he's saying there's, this is a human experience. And at the end of the day, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. But don't let your human experience come at the expense of mine. So great. If you want to be trans, if you want, if you decide that this is who you are and you want to identify as something else, that's fine. But don't do it at the expense of African Americans. Don't do it at the expense of my people who are dying in the street and asking for help and asking for you to pay attention to us. And you're quiet then. And you're willing to come after me and punch down on me by saying, I need to be canceled. You're trying to take away my livelihood for me expounding my opinion of why in the world you are able to get freedoms and able to get things that it took, it's taken my ancestors hundreds of years to get. So yeah, I recommend that you watch it. It's not a comfortable watch. And it's good if you if you're if you're on the more left-leaning side of this thing, it's gonna piss you off. He's gonna say things that you're just like, you can't say that. But I, I personally just thought it was re- – it's one of the more thought-provoking things I've seen on what you could argue is the other side of the fence, right? That's probably – there's probably more conservative ideals that agree with Dave Chappelle and are going to use Dave Chappelle for saying, see, 
I'm the black guy said he doesn't like, you know, he doesn't like this movement. I don't have to like it either. And that's what always happens, right? Like this happens with Charles Barkley. It happens with black people when they come out and say things that are against the norm of what the majority of black people are saying. The white people hold them up and go, hey, look, well, Charles Barkley said that black people should stop, you know, that they should stop wearing their pants low or they should stop doing this or stop doing that. So Charles, see, Charles Barkley said it. That means that means he's right. It's not just all, you know, Charles Barkley's black and he said it. Why can't I say it? And so there's going to be a lot of that with Dave Chappelle, where people are going to come out and say, well, Dave Chappelle said it. Why can't I? Dave Chappelle's black. If a black guy can say it, well, we saying I can't say this. So that's the that's the part that gets pretty confusing, because I think Dave is of a school of a lot of the controversial things people like Joe Rogan have been saying the last year, right? Like you can kind of lump Dave into that category of prominent comedians who have controversial opinions. And a lot of it is hiding behind the guise of, well, it's comedy. I should be able to say what I want, right? It's comedy. Why do you take this so seriously? Comedy is my safe space. I can say all the things that might or might be hurtful or might make you cringe or might make you think awful things, but it's comedy. And so, yeah, I, I, I think it's worth a watch just from the thought-provoking aspect of it more than the comedy aspect, if that makes sense. I don't think I watch Dave Chappelle because he's funny anymore. I think I watch him because his ability to tell you a story and use comedy to tell that story is the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, I'll maybe check it out. We'll see. It's a bit, it's a bit of a busy weekend. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an hour after it's the race. It's not going anywhere. I don't think they're going to take it. Uh, no, I don't think they're going to take, take it, it uh, either. It's, yeah. And look, to, to me, and I've had lots of discussions about this from a personal standpoint, freedom is very important to black people. <laughs> right? Like I, I know it's important to everybody. I, I like you know, and especially Americans, right? Like it's funny because I, I would say as an American, I look at this and go, "Oh no, freedom is the most important thing that we hold as Americans." Period. Right? Every argument we have eventually comes around to, "Well, those are my freedoms. Those are my rights." Right? Whether it's the right to own a gun, whether it's the right to not take a vaccine, whether it's a right to you know to be black and drink from the same water fountain as a white person. We all, America is founded on fighting for freedom, right? It's the thing that I think everyone else laughs at us and goes, oh, Americans, freedom, yeah, 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 freedom this, freedom that. But it's super important to us. And of all the people I've seen in, in, in the media and public facing, Dave Chappelle is the one person that I really believe has achieved true freedom. He's not bound to anybody. Other than his family, right? Like he's allowed to do what he wants. He walked away from Comedy Central. He's doing Netflix specials, saying the things that he wants, and people will pay to see him. He's able to show up to comedy shows and give terror. You hear all these things about Dave Chappelle taking your cell phone and then showing up to a comedy show three hours, four hours late, drunk, doing half a set, walking off. Like he's able to do what he wants because it's freedom. He's beholden to nobody. He can say what he wants. He can do what he wants. And if you can't respect that, I, I there's something. And this is what he's kind of saying, where it's like, then there's something else here. Is it, is, is it because I'm black? It's because you know you don't like seeing freedom come coming from someone that looks like me. Well, there's, I mm, I disagree because J.K. Rowling they went after her as well, and she's a woman that's like almost like sacred as well. And there's and there's a distinct. I don't know if I generally understand the 
I don't think they care who the message is coming from. And by they, I mean the people who get offended but, by but it. But look, though, but real quick, though, you said J.K. Rowling. I think that just proves the point, though, right? Like, J.K. Rowling, I would say, has been financially impacted. Now, does it matter to her because she's got so much money? No. But she's been financially impacted by what she's said. Dave Chappelle's been, his last four specials have been littered with these jokes. Right. Doesn't affect him. Doesn't care. He's not beholden yeah. to, to the royalties of some book. No one's canceling Dave Chappelle's appearances. He's allowed to say what he wants. Right, but there there is that uproar, right? And what's so what's his There's an point? uproar, but what's not gonna mean, stop though? him? But like, but that's my point. That's my point. That's freedom, right? The up people are gonna dislike you. People are gonna yeah. dislike you for your heritage. They're gonna dislike you for any people dislike you for anything that you cannot control. The thing is, it doesn't affect Dave Chappelle. It doesn't affect him at all. It's not affecting his bottom line. It is affecting J.K. Rowling's bottom line because people are taking her books out of bookstores. People are not buying her books. Dave Chappelle, people still show up to his specials. Yeah. No one's canceling I, Dave Chappelle. I, I, I think he is the one person right now. Even Joe Rogan is taking – and I would say he's probably the other one because I don't – Joe's been doing all sorts of craziness, but I don't think it's actually affected him. Oh, my God. Built- he had – Sidebar on Rogan, yeah. he had Sanjay Gupta on. They talked for three hours. It's like Joe Rogan having all these loons reinforcing his point about not taking the vaccine and all these other things. And then you got, and then he talks to Sanjay Gupta and he's like being adversarial with Sanjay, who's a neuroscientist, like a neurosurgeon. It's like, what the hell is going on here? But that's my point, though, right? Like, it doesn't, like, I don't think it affects Joe Rogan's bottom line. Like, sure, you can say, well, Joe Rogan isn't going to be able to make as much money as, but again, if Joe Rogan doesn't care about that, and he's got his loyal listening and following, and he's built a world around him that allows him to basically go into this studio that's got everything he ever wants, and to be able to talk with all of these influential people for three hours at a time. I mean, th- that's what freedom looks like. Joe Rogan wakes up and does what he wants. J.K. Rowling, I don't think, has that freedom. I don't think she can wake up and kind of do what she wants to that level because her her own community, the people that she relies on to make an income, like, you know, they're looking at this going, well, I don't want to participate in what she's doing. I, I don't see that with Dave Chappelle. There's people who may be like me who go, ooh, that's a little rough, but... I'm going to think about this a little differently. I'm not condoning or supporting what he's saying. I'm interested in hearing what he has to say, even if I disagree with it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. That idea of him achieving that freedom is, it's something that at some point someone needs to, like, it's just, it's just really interesting to me of him. Basically Dave Chappelle, I'm pretty sure wakes up and like literally does what he wants. Yeah. It, it's it's incredible to me. It's incredible that even the most popular people in the world don't have that freedom. There's there's marketing, there's, you know, publicity, there's social media, there's all these things that rely on your ability to keep making an income. I don't think Dave Chappelle's beholden to any of that. He he's walked away from that. And he's still he's still the greatest the greatest speaker of our time. So yeah. All right. I guess I'll check it out. I got to ask you this, though. Do you yeah. and you you could choose to abstain from this, but do you agree or disagree with his with his message? Uh, it's nuanced. I disagree with parts of it. Um, mm-hmm. I disagree. I, I agree with the parts of white people finding a way to marginalize the struggle of of minorities, like the way that, you know, like you're still you're still white. 
like how and look I, I say this all the time about white women specifically how they manage to hide i mean he like this is one of, from one of his specials where i said this before it was like you're the white women you were in on the heist of what's happened as far as minorities and and the oppression of people right number two in command is against white people like and again it's not specific people it's just if you look over the last a thousand years of history white people in general people who are anglo-saxon descent are the ones who are responsible for the world that we have today they just are and that doesn't mean individual people. It's not like your ancestors are the reason why these things are the way they are. But as a whole, as a society, that's who's been driving things. And how white women somehow were able to hijack all these movements and go, we're the most oppressed people. We're the ones not getting fair treatment. I just always find like, well, wow, you stepped, a, you stepped ahead of everyone. You stepped ahead of Asian people. You stepped ahead of, of, of Hispanic people. You stepped, stepped ahead of black people. You stepped ahead of everybody to get to the front of the line and go like, well, you owe us first. It's like, well, wait a minute. You've benefited from this system more than anybody else other than straight white men. And so how women are the white women specifically are the ones who have come out so, you know, so vehemently and angry against white men has always been interesting to me because Women, we talked about this, right? When Trump got elected, 56% of white women elected Trump. And he's the one saying, I'm grabbing him by whatever. I'm doing all this stuff, right? That was Trump. And white women still voted for him. And then you're going to tell me that you're the oppressed class here? Like, come on. Like, you, you, you're in on this. You just didn't like the fact that you didn't get a big enough cut of what, of what y'all collectively were doing. And obviously, there's people, there's white people who realize all of this, right? But... I just think that part of his argument I agree with because it's amazing how all of a sudden it's like, well, women are the 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 wage, the gender pay gap and all these things. And it's like, well, you should actually like what about all the minority women who are like black women who are completely marginalized in all of this? And white women just sort of push their way to the front of the line and say, Well, it's us first. <laughs> So that part of his argument, I agree with. I disagree well, more, with a lot there's of There's more the, of them, yeah. I guess. So it's, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. But again, but I, I disagree with a lot of the LGBTQ and the trans community things that he says, because I think it's, he's thinking, well, you know, you just, you're a white man and now you just decide to be a woman. So now I can't say these things to you. And I'm like, well, it's more complicated than that. That's a very simple way of basically saying, I mean, he keeps pointing at Bruce Jenner and Caitlyn Jenner and saying, was was a woman for one year yeah and she won woman of the year that's all it took for a white man to become a woman for a year (laughs) for a white man to decide i'm a woman now and all of a sudden you start winning a bunch of awards (laughs) it's like wait what it's like what about the women who have been so like there's stuff like that that i don't agree with because i think that's just i think it's simplifying something that is very complex so yeah, I, I'd say I'm I agree split on his opinion. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I think and and the trans thing is, I mean, we've talked about this before. Where I'm just like, it's too new to go all in yeah. on this stuff. Like I, I'm of the mind where over 18, you want to do whatever you want to do. You're an adult, you're legal, do whatever you want. Go ahead, do whatever you want as long as you're not hurting anybody, right? But still. It's like everything else around it, the the rah rah rah, like when you're talking about kids and and that stuff happening, it's a little to me it gets a little bit hairy 
Um, just because well, you know, it, it's yeah. it's too new. And yeah, you might have some research, things like that. But again, they're kids, well, I, right? I personally just think it's a very cynical view of him basically saying, well, white white men will do anything but but actually, you know, make real equality. Right. So and again, it's, it's his argument is like, well, no, women are getting screwed by this, too, which is why he's like, I'm on J.K. Rowling's side by basically saying like, oh, so wait. So, you know, white men can just become women. And now we need to and now and now we need to pay attention to them. Right. And I, I just think that's a very simplified, cynical take on on members of that community of it's just a bunch of white people, a bunch of white men trying to get out of being white men when it's convenient by saying, well, now I'm a woman. And I was like, yeah, that's really short-sighted. I, I don't agree Yeah, I don't think, take. I don't agree with that either. I think there are actually like, you know, there there is legitimate, you know, reasons. 100%. And, and look, and there's all yeah. these, and again, very complicated things that I'm not qualified to speak on. Me neither. But I just, yeah. but like his part of that being his take, I think is wrong. But there's a lot of, and that's, and that's what makes good, comedy good thought-provoking pieces there's some really edgy jokes in there but there's also the point where he talks about his the story of his trans friend the comedian who gets up there and does this stuff and she's awful and then right when everyone started coming after dave Chappelle, she spoke up on his behalf and they dragged her too and then this person kills themselves whoa didn't know that happened Spoil spoiler alert. Sorry, I should have. I mean, but again, it's in the if you watch the comedy special, like it's, it's it's not. I'm not spoiling anything. It's just part of his story. Yeah, and he uh-huh. going to goes through the whole thing of what that means, and it's like, well, yeah, the community is willing to come out to attack things, but they're not willing to just be part of the human experience, and that's what it is, right? We're all humans. We should all be treated like we're humans. There is no hierarchy in humanity. There shouldn't be one, right? We're all humans. We all have a different experience. We all have pain. We all have struggle. We all have things that shape our lives, and the fact that we keep doing this ranking and that somehow white people, and this is Dave Chappelle's take, white people keep reordering that structure, and for somehow, for some reason, they never can put that Black Lives Matter into that argument. It's always, well, all lives matter. And it's like, we know that all lives matter, but can you just say that Black Lives Matter too? Because you keep saying that, you keep pretending like they do, but your actions don't show that they do. You're telling us that, but you're killing us. Yeah, And I think that's always been his point in this entire – that's the point of all the things that he's doing in these specials. But I think he just sticks a little too long on some of this stuff, and so the message gets misconstrued. Yeah, and also you're in a, you're in a position where everybody has a, has a platform on Twitter, yeah. and you only have 240 characters. And when he gets to that point where they're upset, they can just nitpick and be like, well, I'm upset about that. Everything else well, is fine, just, but that part, well, that his, part I'm his upset take, about. His take on Twitter is just, I don't believe in Twitter. It's not a real place. <laughs> just funny. <laughs> it's like it's, it's not good, real. It's a good take to have. So anyways, look, if you're a Dave Chappelle fan, you've already watched this. But if you're interested in feeling emotions from laughing at things and also being very upset at things, I recommend you watch this. Because to me, that is good comedy. It shouldn't just be in there. Look, everyone wants to laugh and have jokes, but it should make you think as well. And, and it should make you upset as well. It should make you cringe. It should give you that entire range of emotions if someone is perfected at their craft. And Dave Chappelle has perfected this, regardless of what you think of him. He's, he's the greatest of our time to do this. Bill Burr's better. I said it. I said it. And only Bill Burr's because, great. He's only not as great as Chappelle. But he's a white man. He's a white man. And I would, I, would argue that, I would argue that Patrice O'Neal's better than both of them. But he's not well, here anymore. Yeah. 
And I would say that Bill Cosby, if it wasn't for him being a monster, would probably be up on that list as well. Yeah, but Bill's Cosby, his comedy didn't make you do this, though. That's the Yeah, point. I like, suppose. Like what you're, Bill, I, get, I get what you're saying yeah, now. Like, yeah, think yeah. Of like, and again, stuff. I see and what again, you're saying, yeah. Bill Burr's great as well because he does very similar things, right? It's just from a different prism. And he's not afraid to say stuff that's like, oh, yeah, I said something. Especially when it comes to gender and all those things, they're saying this is why like, this is why comedy is in a tough spot because that is what's good about comedy. You can kind of say what you – you get up there and you're able to say what you want. And we're in this part of the culture where comedians are going to struggle because you're going to say things that make people uncomfortable. And now our reaction when you're uncomfortable is to try to get rid of you. I don't want to hear your opinion. Go away. Your opinion is toxic. Go away. You should not be allowed to make a living. And that's a big part of what their comedy is now, which is, for better or worse, interesting to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, do you want to try to tackle this uh, this strike thing? I can. Or? So, again, I, I've got I've got another – I can do another 20 minutes. Let's, let's do it quickly. Um, I know that the Dave Chappelle thing was going to be quick, but, you know, as you're talking about very – specific issues you gotta you gotta dial into them so your tv shows are about to go away <laughs> all of them what about ted lasso i only really care about ted lasso ted lasso's done so if this strike goes on longer than maybe people are expecting then you should be fine but for those who don't know hollywood ayatsi or ayatsi which is Yatsi. Uh, yeah which is the international i forget what it stands for but basically the biggest union in the film industry that's 60,000 TV and film crew members. So it's the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. They're about to go on, st- on strike. They're about to walk off the job because they are trying to get a new contract with the, the group in Hollywood, the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers. Right. And they bargain. That group bargains on behalf of Disney and Netflix and all these things as far as dealing with the union on... How you know how much time should you be able to get off after running projects? How long should you be on set? When should you get paid double and triple time? What are what's the minimum wage you pay for people to work on your sets? Right, that's why unions are important because they set a lot of those things. Right, they say, hey, you can't hire anyone unless they're part of this union, and you need to pay them thirty bucks an hour minimum. Right, that stops mm-hmm. people from coming in and paying six dollars, being paid six dollars an hour because I just want to work on the new Star Wars movie. Right, so. The biggest issue with this, and I'll read through this, this, is an LA Times article, right? So I kind of explained what IATSE is. It's composed of 13 Hollywood locals representing cinematographers, hairdressers, grips, makeup artists, sound editors, on-set dressers, and other below-the-line workers. So that includes 23 unions that represent workers outside of Los Angeles and New York. Um, so what do they want? IATSE has been pushing for various improvements to its contract with studios, including demands for higher wages and increased compensation from streaming productions. So this is specifically about, right, streaming has changed everything, and this, I think, is the core of what this is. So streaming shows pay crews less than traditional broadcast networks because years ago they were considered new media, and crews wanted to foster new modes of employment. But now they see streaming is booming, and that pandemic-driven home viewing has boosted the stock prices of these companies. Another big sticking point, long hours. The union argues that the studios, that as studios have tried to make up for lost time caused by production shutdowns, they have subjected workers to increasingly long hours on set, creating unsafe work conditions. Studios, still recovering from heavy financial losses caused by the pandemic, have disputed the union's claims. So the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which bargains on behalf of Walt Disney Netflix, 
um, says they've in, they've offered increases in wage hikes and all these things. So that's kind of the core of this. And I would say right, Scarlett Johansson being in the news saying, hey, wait a minute, Disney. We had an agreement based on box office sales. And then you decided not to release my film in a movie theater and release it on streaming. And you charge people for the first month, 30 bucks to buy this movie through your streaming platform, not including what they pay for their monthly subscription. And because it's streaming, they don't have to give you what the actual financial numbers are, right? Like what Squid Games has made. They tell you how many people have watched it. They tell you how many of their subscribers have clicked on it and watched an episode of it. They don't tell you how much money it's actually made. And so they're able to say, well, you know, we can't, oh, we don't know what the calculation is of what this made. So we'll pay you the contract to actually get the project done. But we're not going to pay you any royalties because, you know, those numbers are hard. It's the shady accounting of Hollywood for them to take a bunch of money and report that shows aren't successful. So this strike, I believe, is deadlined October 18th. So the contract expired July 31st. It was extended until September 10th. Um, So union leaders have grown increasingly frustrated by the lack of progress in five months of talks. They They secured a strike authorization vote this month. That drew 98%, which is nearly unanimous support. Um, so, yeah, so who's affected, right? So 60,000 workers employed on dramatic scripted TV shows and feature films will walk off the job if no deal is reached by Monday, which is this upcoming Monday. Crews employed under different contracts, such as those covering commercial shoots, music, videos, low-budget theatrical shoots, and live sports can continue to work. Um, so it's going to be, you know... Some things under HBO Showtime stars could continue, but a lot of sort of, so like Ted Lasso would be affected by this, right? If it was still in production. Um, so they're trying to figure out how many TV shows and movies will be affected. Um, so some shows such as ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live will come off the air immediately. Others could have episode release dates delayed or even canceled depending on how long the strike lasts. Um, so yeah, so it just depends on which part of these unions are part of which shows. So, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's going to be very similar to the writer's strike if this goes on longer, where the content that's kind of out now, and I think editorial, right? Editorial, so cutting together episodes and things is affected. They are part of IATSE. And so you won't be able to cut together finished media. You won't have an editor there to cut together your movie that you just filmed. So, yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know what your general thoughts are, because as a consumer of this, again, as as a worker in this industry, I, I always support every strike we can because it actually starts to make fair wages for all of us. So I, I'm always for going like, yep, I get it. It affects it affects my ability to work because I need them to do their work to get images to do post-production. But at the same time, if it's actually going to make Hollywood properly pay people and properly make sure that these productions are safe, that in the long run is where this needs to go. Hollywood makes a lot of money off of a lot of people that no one that, you know, who aren't Scarlett Johansson who are below the line, who are making not a lot of money and making sure that they've got healthy, safe work environments and they're able to negotiate and get a cut of the streaming money is absolutely necessary. Yeah. So it's interesting because this does actually have some parallels to my industry as well in games because there's a growing prominence of subscription services where you have things like Game Pass, um, and there's others as well, of course, um, like uh, Amazon Luna. Their whole business is based on like a subscription. And then you have games in that package. Um, also, Apple Arcade is another one. 
they have different models. I don't know what I can and cannot say, but I guess as the but at the top line, most of these companies, there is some sort of like initial fee that they'll pay out to to have you on the platform, right? And then there's usually a, um, you know, you get some sort of, um, I guess the expectation is that you get some sort of percentage. We're actually not on any of these, so I should say that as well. Um, but you have some sort of um, cut depending on usage of the game, right? If I'm going to yeah. take a, like, well, how do you square it out? They might not actually like it's something, but it might not be a lot, right? Because $15, let's just say the fee is $15 a month, right? And let's say they divide that up into, because some of that money has to go to Netflix, right? Not just the yeah. studios who put the content on there. Sure. And, yep. and so there's two sides of it. One, is there a fee that's actually given to have you on the platform? Is Netflix paying for the content to be on there? The answer is probably yes. So yeah, so, so to explain to what's happening with Netflix, which is interesting, right? Because now Netflix is sort of producing its own content, right? Like that was Netflix's big play. They were before they were an ag- aggregate of everyone's content, and then Netflix eventually realized, like, wait a minute, I'm tired of paying royalties to Disney. I want to make my own content, right? Like, like right. the Squid Games mm-hmm. is produced by Netflix, but often what happens with Netflix when content is that people ship they they try to get Netflix to pick up their stuff, right? So like me and you can make a film today, and yep. we can shop it around to all these streaming services and go, hey, look, we me and me and Jason made a film. Netflix, are you interested in picking this up? Are you, are you interested in picking up the rights to this? Netflix goes, hey, we love your work. Sure, we'll, we'll own this and we'll give you a cut of this to play this. Now, when you say, well, I want royalties. I want for every five people that watch it, I want a penny. And they go, nah, we don't do it that way. We'll give you a lump sum. And then whatever we make off this is what we make. And then if we want to make another project with you, we'll negotiate then. That's generally how it works. Yeah, you're basically getting you're trying to perform well enough to get the next project or season yes. two, whatever it is. Now, here's where things get a little squirrely on the on the streaming side, right? Because that $15 that I pay, it's going to go to Netflix no matter what, right? Yes. They yep. Netflix should, by being the platform holder, get a cut of what that is. And then as a viewer, how do you actually determine what my watch is actually going towards because then you kind of divide it up interest it's interesting right how you how you square away that um that equation because you could have let's say netflix says all right fine we're gonna take 50 we're gonna take five dollars right and then we're gonna take that ten dollars from the from the person from the user and divvy that up equally among every piece of content they watch right right well then you could have if there's someone like me who might, if I'm lucky, watches one thing a month, then somebody gets $10 because I've watched the one. Like, I only watched Chappelle's special. Like, okay, cool. Sure. Dave Chappelle, that whole production team, they get 10 bucks, right? But if you're watching 100 things, well, then you just got a dime. But again, the that's the that problem, though, right? Is that it's not <laughs> per, because Netflix doesn't tell you those numbers. Right, they do. They right. probably have, yeah. And it sounds yeah, like Net, Net, Netflix knows, right? They know, they know how mm-hmm. much who's watching what, right? Because I mean, hell, they got an algorithm that shows you more of the crap of what they think what you want to see, right? Yeah. But if I'm Dave Chappelle, that's why Dave Chappelle gets a fifty million dollar deal from Netflix for four specials. Yeah. Although, who knows? Dave Chappelle's specials could be making hundreds of millions of dollars for Netflix. He doesn't know. 
Right, and he I don't knows even he know. got fifty million dollars up front from them to make four specials. That's it. But I don't even know how much Netflix knows because that's the other thing is they they could probably guess to an extent, but it's more about how many news. The the real question of how much did Netflix make from this alone is how many people what how many new subscribers watched that first. That would sure. be the best way to answer yeah. your how question. How many people Otherwise, joined your platform to watch that thing? Yeah, because even for me, who's someone who's been subscribed to Netflix for years, I'm probably over a decade at this point, right? Who is going to, who might watch Dave Chappelle after not watching anything on Netflix for a year. They didn't make $15 because of Dave Chappelle. They made $15 because I just haven't actually watched anything. So sure, then who gets my money then? Yeah. Is it just Netflix? But th- like that's that, the thing, right? That, Netflix, it, it, that's exactly what it is, right? Netflix gets that money. It's not that Dave Chappelle gets t- – if you watch Dave Chappelle's special, it's the only thing you watch. Dave Chappelle doesn't go, hey, for that one guy that only watched my special, I want more money because Netflix yeah. doesn't tell him. He goes, look, we're, we'll negotiate what you're worth and we'll give you that lump sum of money. But if it happens that everyone is only subscribed to watch this, we'll never tell you. You yep. won't know. Here's here's why here's where it gets a little weird because my the end of the day my take is everybody should get do what they're what they're worth like their value. So if you're on a thing that's like the biggest thing in the world and it's making a shit ton of money, then you should be properly rewarded well, for that work. Netflix but, says we've already done that. We've already given you the money. Right. So here's here's the thing, right? Is if you get if they go into a situation where they say okay, instead of Instead of giving you more, we're going to give you some on the back end. Well, then that usually means that they're going to cut in the front end. And then more companies are going to lose at the end of the day because they're going to say, well, we'll give you less for the money before. But in exchange, you'll get Possibly. entered into our Possibly, pot right? of revenue. Yeah. So, so it could be a give and take, right? It's Because no matter what, Netflix still has their bottom line that they need to hit. They still they're a publicly traded company, so they have to. Yeah, but at the same time, though, Netflix has been operating at a loss. I don't know if Netflix has ever actually recorded a profit, right? Like that was always the big thing of Netflix. We're pouring money into infrastructure, right? We're pouring money into the process of what we do, and so I mean the same thing with Amazon, right? Like how these companies don't play pay taxes is that a lot of this type of numbers and this type of math is hidden. So that way, if I'm trying to sell my show to Netflix, I don't know what I'm negotiating on because they won't give me access to those numbers. And I'm saying not even necessarily for the first one, right? Let's say I say, well, look, I'm, I'm new here. Yeah, sure. Give me a million dollars for my content. And Netflix goes, hey, that content was awesome. It was a big success on our platform. And you go, okay. Hey, Netflix, I got a new thing. But knowing how much media and news coverage and how many things you said, how many people you said were watching this, I now want. 10 million. But but what are you negotiating on? It could be, hey, I want a million plus I want 5% cut of each one. And Netflix goes, well, no, how about we just give you 10 million when you make the next thing? And you go, well, is that actually what I'm worth? I don't know. Like how many people watch my last, my last thing? They go, oh, well, we know how many people clicked on it, but how many people watched the full thing all the way through? We don't know. So how about we give you 10 million? But you might sit there and go, well, I actually think I'm worth 20. But at the end of the day, Netflix goes, well, we know it's actually worth 50. Like, again, that's the problem, right? It's not the fact that you can't come to an agreement with them. It's that it's all guesswork to Netflix. It's all guesswork. They don't tell you the numbers. And this streaming, and this is what Disney has done. It's not just Netflix. Netflix started it, but Amazon, Disney, Paramount, HBO, 
all of these new streaming services, because box office numbers are very easy to see. Those are reported by AMC, by United Artists, by all of the – and that way you can go, okay, I know a ticket costs this much money, and I've sent my reel to X number of next X number of movie theaters, and I know this many people have bought a ticket and watched my specific thing. Where Netflix goes, well, we don't have viewership numbers. We just have subscriber numbers. Yeah, I know that well, people are subscribed. And I know that people, you know, so many people have clicked on your thing, but have they watched it all the way through? You know, our numbers say that people watched the first episode, but by the seventh episode, everything really dropped off. So we don't know if we want to pay you as much as we did last time. It's that type of accounting that makes it tough. Well, that, yeah, exactly. It's really tough because if someone watches a movie and they only watch the first 30 minutes, do you, should you get the full hour 30? Look, if you buy a ticket from a movie theater and you walk out, I get paid. That's true. You do. Yeah, that's true. Right. So, but yeah. but it's just regardless. It's basically Ietsi and how and you know actors and SAG and all these groups saying, okay, look, you guys know the numbers. All we're saying is we obviously deserve to get paid more up front for this work because it's very clear that you are making a concerted effort to release this content in a way that isn't just box office numbers like we used to rely on, like which we negotiated on before. But now you're making even more content. We're working even longer hours. You need to compensate us for it. This isn't just, oh, well, now there's more and, oh, you know, you're getting paid well and it's going to streaming. It's like, no, you've got to actually start factoring this in into our bottom line. Our bottom people, instead of being paid 25 an hour, need to be paid 35 an hour. The game has changed. You're making money off of streaming. You're producing more content than ever. This isn't just status quo. And so whatever the number that Hollywood gave them obviously wasn't good enough based on their collective bargaining of saying, this doesn't make sense. We do this number and we're only getting five bucks more. That's not enough. And so this is why unions and negotiations are important because otherwise, right, $5 might be enough for you. But for my job, I might go, well, I actually deserve 15. Mm-hmm. And that's why unions collectively bargain to say, well, look, the bottom line is this, but you know, we're expecting all the grips to be paid this, all the cinematographers to be paid this, all of the, you know, the, the makeup artists to be paid this. Because those are industry standard rates based on the projects that they're working on. Yeah. And so that's I'm, I'm why I'm always again, in favor of transparency. And I, I'm with that, especially when it comes to box office, because like Charlotte Johansson really got screwed because she got completely that, screwed. Because but yeah. but it was more egregious on that side because they explicitly charged thirty dollars a pop. Yes. It wasn't like it was up to the algorithm. When it's up to the algorithm, it's more ambiguous. For that, it's like you know exactly how many people bought the quote unquote ticket to buy to see the movie right that's that's way more egregious than something like netflix which is like yeah we well you know we got we got millions of people paying 15 bucks an hour and what you're actually complaining about is like 50 cents total because you're you're one of like a million projects that have showed up in a week. It's like the amount of content there. So you might think you're worth all this stuff, but not everybody's Squid Game, and you might not really like what you see at the end of the day. And, and it's almost in, in in her defense, it's almost like they released it when they did, so they could specifically not have to pay her the box office cut if they would have waited till now, right? Because now you can go to the movie theater. Right. Mm-hmm. You couldn't go to the movie theater in all over the, you know, all over the world when they when they basically say, hey, we got to get her movie out of here because this movie's been sitting with us for two years. Just put it on streaming and charge 30 bucks. Yeah. And she's saying, well, hold on. I'm happy with you waiting until people can go to the movie theater 
And then I get a proper cut like I would have two years ago when we didn't have a global pandemic. But, but that's, you trying that's, to see, that's where I agree. Me is, that's where is I agree strange. with the strike. That's where I agree with the strike because yeah. if that I'm I'm in this position of go ahead, charge 30 bucks, but that needs to be seen. Then yeah, you definitely need to include yes. that in other yes, box up office front, sales. Up yeah. front, you've got to tell us what your plan is, which is hey, streaming's a big thing now, right? Here's here's our release plan for your movie. When your movie's released, we're gonna put it in a movie theater, and then two weeks later, we'll put it on streaming for 30 bucks. And then a month later, we're gonna put it on streaming for subscribers. And I go, okay, uh-huh. great. So this is what I want based on your pricing model. This is what we're gonna negotiate for the production of this movie. This is how much money we expect you to give us, right? Because if you're producing it, Disney's paying the money for you to make Captain Marvel. It's paying you the money to make Thor, right? So you're saying, hey, okay, I gotta, I gotta get, you know. 10 grips i gotta get makeup artists i gotta get stars i gotta get all these people i gotta get craft services i gotta pay all the money for this production i'm gonna price that in to what you're expecting to make yeah so if this is your planning if this is your pricing model i want to build that into okay i need 120 million dollars to make this movie over I five wonder... months or whatever or over whatever the two years of production yeah i wonder what the expectations are from these people that how much they're actually expecting to get from each individual that watches their content or if they're not looking at it from an individual lens and more like look you guys have made like a billion dollars can we just get another couple million like what is what is the again what the number and the number might depend right like i think that's why all those movies got delayed is because they were really trying to figure this out yeah. Because, right, like, like No Time to Die, like, you're seeing more and more movies kind of go back to the old model of being released, and you have did you, to go did you to watch movie it theater. Did you I haven't it watched it yet, because, again, like, but it's interesting, right? Because I'm someone who's not necessarily rushing to the movie theater for some of these things, because I'm busy. And I'm like, well, at some point, it's going to show up on streaming and perfect quality. I'll wait for it then. And that's going to happen sooner than ever, right? Like, Wonder Woman, right? That movie wasn't any good, but that movie would have made a killing at the box office if that's how they would have released it. Because the first one had, you know, Wonder Woman's a big character. We might have all panned it, but that first weekend probably would have been huge. But on yeah. streaming, right? I can pan and go, this movie sucks, and people go, Well, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna log into Paramount Plus or wherever it got put, right? I'm not gonna pay the twelve bucks for the month to watch it there. So it's it's yep. interesting. The model is interesting and it needs to be discussed because I don't think there's I think this is where lawyers and accountants get involved to really yeah. dial in. What does this mean? Right. Depending on X amount of viewers and X amount of time and this, that and the other times, whatever, like that's what it's going to turn into. And that needs to be done. And I think Hollywood has tried to quickly go, well, we'll give you an extra five bucks. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to really talk about what this means. And that's why this is dragged on. And that's why they're saying, well, if you're not willing to come to the table and actually negotiate then we're going to go on strike until you can figure it out. We're not going to kill ourselves making and, your streaming and ultimately, could until we, you can could we agree? Can we agree on this point that ultimately it's probably goes back to the traditional economies of, hey, the guy at top gets paid way the hell more than the guys at the bottom do. So like, yeah, Netflix has given you $50 million for a project, which should be enough for everybody. But the guy at top has taken like $20 million. And look, sure, that's How much the way of it that is that? But uh, that's what most of it is. But I think the difference is now there's enough people who can possibly find other means to release their content. And that, to me, is what makes this interesting. I understand Netflix and Disney. But look, I'll be very honest. Someone who was all, again, I've 
I've been paying for Spotify for probably about 12 years, right? Because there's not a million different streaming services. I know that Jay-Z, and they did this thing with Tidal for a long time where you had to go to Tidal to listen to Jay-Z's music. But at some point, that stuff is everywhere, right? Like Spotify, you can get 90% of the albums you want to listen to. Which means I just no have to pay way. for Spotify. Is Spotify that old? There's no way you've Spotify's, been Spotify's years. been around since at least 2010. I'm so pretty that, sure I've been subscribed to Spotify original, for at least a decade. Don't forget, the two original st- music streaming services were Rhapsody and Zune. That's yeah, right. Zune did have one. Yeah, Zune was the best, and it had look, the best interface Spotify's ever. Spotify's been around since 2006. Really? Yeah. Started wow. 2006 in Stockholm, Sweden. I remember when you, I was using a VPN to connect to Europe to to be able to connect to this. Like I've been using Spotify again. I was someone, and I will happily admit this, who downloaded every single album. Like I, I was proficient in getting all of the music that I wanted. It was very easy jail. for me, right? Yeah, cool. Come find me. Go in jail. But but Spotify Spotify fixed that. I, I I just listen to whatever I want. It's great. I don't have to keep all these albums. I, the convenience of Spotify outweighed the organization in trying to figure this out for for creating for creating the playlist and the the music on demand that I wanted. I thought we were going there with this, and we're slowly moving away from it. Because now I've got to subscribe to six different Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Disney, Paramount, HBO. I think I named the big six, really, that I've got to subscribe to to be able to get all the content that I want. Where in the beginning, I was like, well, Netflix is great. This is a one-stop shop, really, to see the majority of things that I can't see on network TV. And so we're moving to a point where the, the movie industry will kill this streaming thing. By, by getting greedy on this and trying to democratize it in a way that means that it's all about content ownership. I own your content. And at some point, young people aren't watching these things. Young people are going to go to TikTok and YouTube for their content because they're not so concerned about the big Hollywood production. Obviously, I'm generalizing here, but let's say for like, if you're Marvel, fine, you're okay. But think about if you're not Marvel. What's the best place to release your film? If you've got a cult following, and you really put in the work in five, 10 years, you might be better off releasing this yourself. You might not need Netflix to do this in a very yeah. near future. But right now, Netflix got a lot of money. Apple's got a lot of money. They'll pay for your project to get done. But yeah. if you get enough clout and enough cult following between all these different social media things and you market it yourself, do you need them? You might not. Probably not. It's just a matter of time, right? But yeah, but it's interesting, right? Because like, there's a world where like they yeah, still have they Disney still have great. the platforms. They still have the platforms, yes. and at the and end of the day, the that's what you need. You need that. They've got reach. the reach, and right? Because like, hey, you, I mean, you're one of those people. I want to subscribe to Disney Plus because I care about mm-hmm. Marvel. Uh, Marvel. Yeah, I care about exactly. Star Wars, and I've got young kids that love Disney stuff. Well, so this that. is my one stop shop to watch Mickey House, Mickey Mouse Funhouse, and watch the latest Marvel movie. That is a sh- that is a show. That is yeah, a show. It is a show. But that, that's my point, though, right? Like streaming, like people subscribe to streaming things for these types of, for this type of accessibility. And obviously, studios are making money that they're not telling you about. And that's what IATSE's trying to, IATSE's trying to figure out. Hayachi. The fighter from, what was he, in Tekken? 
Was it Tekken Fighter? Sure. I, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I think that's who it was. I'm not just being racist here. I no, but you. it sounds like a Tekken name. Yeah. Hayachi Tekken. Let's see. I'm pretty close. I definitely. Yeah, he was in. Uh, that's right. Tekken. Hayachi Mishima. Yep. There you go. See the guy with the big pants, with the big white pants. Uh, No, he's just like an old dude. With like a crazy, like these crazy big white hair spikes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he's yeah. like an old guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like an old guy. He's wearing a gi. I think that's what that's yeah. called, right? Yeah. There you go. Cool. Well, hey, look, I think this will get resolved, even if they're on strike for like a week. It'll I mean, I mean it'll be annoying the writers, for a week. The writer's strike, right? That's the last big strike. And the writer's strike, I'll never forget that the writer's strike killed, it killed a couple of shows. And Heroes was one of those shows that the writer's strike obliterated. That show never recovered from the writer's strike. It was awful. Well, you talk about Bond, right? The Quantum of Solace. That, yeah, ruined by the writer strike. Yeah, I like, mean, I still multiple... don't hate it, but it's not. It's not great. There's lots of shows and lots of episodes that got killed. Like, there's some really awful, awful TV shows of the 2007 2008 writer strike. So, yeah, what was the outcome of that? Like, what did they even? Uh, they ended up coming to a conclusion to a deal. Um. Yeah. But yeah, like what shows got crushed by that? Like, South you know, Park like even a whole shows joke like about it, and they were yeah. like, the whole joke was that they basically got nothing. That was that it was all for for shit at the end of the day. I mean, and that's they, a the lot of these like, things. Yeah, we want more money, and it's like, yeah, well, what do you? Wh- how do you? Where do you want the money from? Like, you know, those internet dollars. Give us some of those internet dollars. It's like, yeah, yeah. What is what does it even mean? And then they just ended up giving. But they like did this whole allegory with Canada going on strike. So. Yeah. It's a fun episode. But like like there's all the if you type in this in, there's all sorts of shows like Breaking Bad, Heroes is the one I remember, Battlestar Galactica, Scrubs, 30 Rock. There's all these shows that were like drastically impacted from the from the writer's strike. And even late night shows. I remember Conan O'Brien basically being like, I don't we don't have any writers, so I'm not gonna do any of this scripted content. I'm not doing a monologue. Like he was doing stuff because he was a member of the of the writers guild. And so, like, there's people in the industry who are part. Now, this is a little different because it's the it's the crew, and you hope that SAG and the Writers Guild and some of these people that are way above that bottom line come out and support them because these are the people that make the productions run that you never see. Yeah. So yeah, well. all right. Well, that's that's it for me. Look at that a little a little media therapy of serious news topics. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. John's soapbox. That's what we call yeah. that. So you got you got ten minutes to go on your soapbox, and then I gotta go. <laughs> All right, here's my soapbox. Uh, today, Nintendo announced that the we talked about it a little while ago. They're bringing N64 titles to the Switch um, yep. through their online service. So right now, for twenty bucks a year, you want to talk about subscription services, right? For for twenty bucks a year, you get Nintendo's online service, which is bad, but whatever um that's how you play online if you're gonna play like mario kart online or smash brothers whatever and it also comes with the library of nes snes games and they kept adding a bunch but at this point you got all the ones that you'd really care about 20 bucks a year pretty good deal in my opinion um today now a couple couple weeks ago they announced that they're adding n64 games and there's going to be quite a few in there launched like seven games or so. But it's like a lot of the hits, you got Mario 64, Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. I mean, Winback. Well, it's kind of personal to me. Sin and Punishment and some other things that I'm not thinking of. So, oh, Mario Kart 64, of course. Right. 
And yep. also those games are all going to have online multiplayer. Star Fox yeah. 64 as well. It's, Which is great. That's cool. It's great. It's an amazing game. So all those games being added, in addition to a bunch of Genesis games, including Gunstar Heroes and a bunch of others that don't matter because Gunstar Heroes is the only good one of the bunch. I said yeah. it. So they announced the price today, and it's going to be $30 extra a year if you mm. want it, and they're calling it the expansion pack, right? So hmm. again, and everybody's coming out, and a lot of the sentiment is that Nintendo is crazy for charging an extra $30 a year for a shitty online service. And people need to understand that that's not what Nintendo is doing because the price for the shitty online service is still $20 a year. This is for an expansion pack to get N64 games for a year and $30 for a year to have access to this. I mean, I talk about subscription services that I pay like $10, $15 a month where I don't even watch anything, right? <laughs> like you have you have Netflix, you have all these other things. And these guys are charging, what's 50 divided by 12? 50 divided by 12, $4. Let's say, let's round up and say $5. Like $5 a yep. month is what they're asking for. So you could have still have access to the NES, SNES. Now you got these N64 games and Genesis games for $5. If you don't want to pay extra for the online service, you don't have to but all they're asking for is another three dollars a month so you can have access to more games and like i'm not usually one to defend nintendo they do a bunch of stupid shit like <laughs> but considering that they charged like I, the best take i saw was uh on twitter like someone was saying like they charge ten dollars a pop twice for these games twelve dollars for sin and punishment alone and you and that's how much they keep trying to re to recur the cost. So if you extrapolate that across all these games, like it's not a bad deal. They're going to add more titles. They're adding Banjo-Kazooie and probably Banjo-Tooie. I would hope at some point they work shit out so they can get Perfect Dark or GoldenEye on there. That would be awesome. Um, but or maybe Jet Force Gemini. Come on. Come on. Good game. Yeah, would want that a couple weeks ago. So these are the kind of things that people are just so complaining about. And it's like, guys, this is how business works. And they're like, these are the oldest games. Like, why did you do this? Like, good news. You don't have to, one. And two is like, there is work that goes into getting these games to work on the Switch. Well, look, though, let's be honest Why do you think this should be included for another, for $20 a year? Well, I've got a few thoughts on this. Let's be honest about Nintendo's online pricing model, right? It's the most affordable out of all the systems, right? Right. At $50, it would have parity with Xbox live yeah. gold but so, ten dollars cheaper than yeah uh playstation which i believe is now six so i think in general right nintendo as a fan base right they've been used to sort of this it's very cheap for online what you get out of it though is is not what you expect to get out of playstation and that's yeah, weak and it's Microsoft. really weak it's always been weak but you pay 20 bucks because it's weak and i think the fact that they've called this an expansion pack and yet the expansion pack is more expensive arguably than the actual switch online service because <laughs> it is mm-hmm. if you have switch online alone it's 20 bucks if you have it with the expansion pack it's 50 and i just think most people are probably expecting well by expansion pack that's 10 bucks right that's 15 bucks that's 20 bucks yep. it's not more than double what your regular price is and so for me like can you buy the expansion pack on its own no like you've got to buy nintendo switch online you've got to buy both and I think Nintendo as a fan base is just a little spoiled. Look, Sony PlayStation fans were spoiled because PlayStation Online used to be free, right? 
Uh, yeah, used to be online. It was free, free on PS3. They didn't charge until PS4. Yep. But again, that's what I mean, right? Like, I think people get over this. They're still going to buy it. This is just the initial yelling and screaming anytime you raise the price of anything. And so, yes, while it's jarring that it's double, if you really want to play this stuff, you'll pay it. Because Nintendo fans specifically will pay the money to play these old games. Because they're great. And they want to be able to play in 64 games. And sure, I get it that they're old. But like you said, it takes a lot of work. And eventually, as they keep adding more games to it, people will pay for it. But I think it's just that initial shock of it's more than double. And we're not used to paying this much for online because online has normally sucked. I think if you really care about this stuff, you pay for it. And Nintendo will see a value in doing this. And they'll actually make it to a point where it's all priced into this. But if you don't, then Nintendo is going to say, well, great. Then we're not going to keep bringing out these old games. Um, because it takes more work than what you guys are willing to pay for. So that's my take. Pretty much. So I mean, stop complaining, Nintendo fans. Play, pay what everyone else pays. You'll be fine. Yeah. Now the defense that they'll be like is, oh well, you get those, you get like games with gold, and uh, but the games with gold have actually been really kind of underwhelming to be honest. But then you have Game Pass. It's like fifteen bucks a month, and you get Game Pass and the uh, and online. So. And you get the games with gold, which are, you know, underwhelming, but, you know, they're dropping tons of great stuff on Game Pass. So and then on PlayStation Plus, those games have been killing it. Like those are have been excellent. The, you add up all that value. But at the end of the day, that's not what you're paying for. You're really paying $20 for this for one thing, and then you're paying $30 for the other thing. Yeah. And you just got to square that away and be like, OK, well, four to five bucks a month for classic games. I could choose to have them or choose to not have them. It's simple as that, right? And That's all I feel. You, like if you don't care because, about the old games and don't pay for it, you'll be fine. Like I heard, a, I heard a like a long rant from somebody on a podcast today about talking about how oh they're charging more for their shitty online service. Like they're not. They're shitty service, which I don't disagree with you. It's still bad. twenty bucks. Still twenty bucks a month. Yeah. So do wouldn't it be great if you could have not? It would be. I, I would argue that a better argument to make would be hey. Can I like just pay thirty bucks a month and that was, not that's have what I was the other thing? Say. It's the that's fact that the it's an expansion pack. Yeah. That's weird. When it should just be like, hey, look, thirty bucks to play N sixty four games online. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or like, give me access to the library, where it's like, okay, fine. It's uh, twenty bucks for N sixty four. It's ten bucks for the Genesis stuff. It's. I think. Yeah. I think the biggest casualty to this is not so much the N sixty four stuff. It's the Genesis stuff. Where you have to, because there's not a way to pick and choose. If you want to play the Genesis games, you have to pay $50 a year. Which again, not bad in the grand scheme of things, considering what you're paying for other subscription services. um, Especially other game subscription services, which are more like $10 a month at the minimum. And then that adds, that's that's more than double the cost. But at that point, you're going into a very specific demographic where you're getting this because you want to play those classic games. Yeah. And if yep. you're in that audience, cool, you get to do it. And if you're not in that audience, well, then 20 bucks a month and you you get and the you same get, crappy service. Yeah, you get the service that there's really nothing to use it for. So. Yeah, and you're like $2 or so uh, a month. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say. That's all I said. Okay. All right, well, cool. get out of here. We'll wrap this up. Uh, he's abroad. You know, rate us. That'd be nice. Uh, follow us. Tell your friends. All that stuff. Um and yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, get these fishnets on. Go get prepared and, for a rave. Uh, go for it. Get, get the eyeliner on. Start tearing up some shirts and uh, packing my uh, LSD. It's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> Till next week. This podcast is over. <laughs>